Welcome to the Isla Mama podcast, unbound discussions on all things birth, death, and the continuum of life. Here we walk the narrow path, where curiosity, integrity, faith, and love guide the conversation to the spaces that allow for truth to be revealed through the stories of others. It is here in the unfiltered freedom to speak that the knowing of all life's unfolding becomes clear. It is here that we find faith in one another and the many lessons we can all offer and learn when we open ourselves to the innate potential within. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for being here. If you have a story to share, please connect with me after you listen. I know so fully that your experience matters, and I know so fully that you offer wisdom that will change someone's heart for the better. So, settle in, take a breath, and welcome back. Welcome back to the Ilama podcast. Today we have the beautiful Tiana with us and she's going to be sharing her story. I am just going to let her start by introducing herself and go from there. So welcome so much to the podcast. Um, why don't we just start by you can share a bit about who you are, where you live um, and just yeah, any information people might want to hear to get to know you more. Okay. Um, I am a first time mom to a beautiful little two and a half year old. Um, right now I am full time stay at her, stay at home with her. So that's kind of my, uh, that's my life right now, which has been really fun. And, and I can't say that I necessarily thought that I would be stay at home when before having her. So it's been a, a journey figuring out what it looks like to be like this and, and what it's, and, um, yeah, just what it's been. And um, I am also a doula. And I was a nanny for like 10 years before I was a doula. So that was my bridge. I was actually nannying. um, And I was just looking for a transition. And I didn't want to leave. I loved I loved the families that I was working with. And I was like, I don't want to give this up. And I don't know how I would give this up. Mm. Um, So I started just looking for a different career path. And I ended up in birth work. Um, so that was what I was doing right before I had my daughter. And um, yeah, that's, I live in a, a small town in Northern Ontario, which I also never thought that I would do. I um, I lived in Toronto for, for a number of years. I'm back in my hometown. So it's like a little tiny town, um, about two hours from Ottawa. And um, I moved when, as soon as I, as soon as I was able to graduate and move, I did. And I was gone for almost 10 years. And then um, when we had my daughter, we, that's when there was like a moment in pregnancy that I was like, well, maybe we could look at houses or like, maybe we can think about it. My partner's like, cool. Within a week, my mom, my dad, my partner, they had houses lined up. We were moving. It was settled. And I was like, whoa. whoa. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, and, uh, and then, so we've been here since we've been here for like two and a half years. So. Wow. Yeah. Seems to be, seems to be the way with a lot of women, they, they feel they'll never go back to where they grew up or where they come from. And then something about being pregnant and having your own family kind of pulls some women back. Maybe it's the support or just the familiarity and having people by or 
But yeah, it seems to be something that happens and women are always like, how did this happen? How am I here? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not here. I, I still think. <laughs> My mom's like, you're going to leave, right? Like, you're good here. And I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> we're building life here. It's nice. <laughs> so why don't you take us a little bit through um, your journey of motherhood and maybe you can start with your conception journey or who you were before motherhood a little bit and what that looked like, if it was a decision that you made or um, just, yeah, walk us through what that journey has looked like. Um, you can continue on through your conception, through your pregnancy and your birth. Um, and then into your postpartum too, we'll just kind of take us through a little journey of your experience. Okay. <laughs> um, my, so it was really interesting being a nanny. I, I loved my job and I, and I had I work, I've worked with four families in the 10 years that I nannied, I worked with four different families. So I was with each of them for quite a while. Um, and I started when the kids were usually around like five or six months. Um, so they're still pretty teeny weeny. And from doing that, like I was quite young when I started, I think I was like 19 when I started nannying. And um, that kind of gave me a taste that I was like, um, I don't know when I'll be ready for kids. And so I kind of my life kind of got built around that. And I, and I kind of um, just really enjoyed other people's families and, and their kids. And I was like, yeah, but then at the end of the day, like I go home and, <laughs> you know, you have your children back and I get to be part of seeing like the magic that they are and, and kind of the privilege that I got to know that I got to, to be with kids and just make them feel like they were the, the most important thing in the whole wide world and that they were going to go back to their parents and wherever they went in the rest of their world. And, and that was my job. And that was the role I got to play in their lives. And it's pretty cool to do that with like little kids, like when they're one and two, and they're just like learning things and they're just like little sponges. So that was really neat, but also it kind of, there was no pressure of being a parent. So I don't know. I was like, Oh, this is so easy. Like all these parents are so stressed. And I'm like, yeah, Man, but like the kids are so great. Like all the time they're great. Like sometimes they're a little challenging, but like, they're great. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just kind of lived in this bubble and I had like lots of freedom and it, my employers were great. So I just kind of, I, I'm an, also an acrobatics instructor. So that kind of took me tra traveling a lot. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll pop in here and I'll just drive to the States for two days to teach an acro series and I'll come back and um, really was just kind of enjoying that part of my life and had even kind of questioned whether I would have children just because I was like, man, like, I don't know, I can just go wherever I want and, and do whatever I want. And I enjoyed that um, until I met my partner and he um, he was like just very set, like from the beginning. He's like, no, I know I want kids. Like, and I want kids with you and I want to have them right now. And I was like, well, that's wild. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, like, okay. Like you like right now. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, why don't we like be together longer and he's like no 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 like we can talk about it right now like I'm ready <laughs> yeah. yeah and I was like and and I don't know I guess they say like when it's the right person like I had had pre like prior relationships that had gotten serious but still never had their like I just never I was like mm, I don't know if I really want to have mm -hmm. we don't need to have the conversation because we're just not there and with him it just kind of load really really easily and I was just kind of like you know like I've done lots of years of kind of doing whatever I wanted and just hopping from place to place and like it does it was starting to sound really nice to settle in um and just like all of my for some reason all the motherly instincts in me were just like hmm, this sounds great <laughs> I think we could do this um 
so we started talking about it more and more and just kind of started planning for it and we so we hadn't known each other for very long when we when we started like seriously dating and so we just kind of spent time um building our lives and seeing what they looked like and diving into like okay well these are my friends and these are my family and this is how my life is and this is my expectation from you and and vice versa and you know what would kids look like in that picture and like what does parenting look like to you and what are your you know dreams about that and well why do you even want kids mm-hmm. um so we started having all these conversations and piece by piece there was every part of me that was like you know what yeah I think I would like this um I had actually had an IUD and I and I hadn't had any kind of a semblance of a cycle for like six years so I was actually really worried um so when we first started talking about conception like there was a very big part of me that also just got really fearful. And I was like, well, what if I can't? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know my body and that part of my body I don't really trust. Yeah. Um, so I actually did a womb course. Um, and that kind of just helped me have conversations with him about just fears that I was having around conception. And, and well, what if, you know, it doesn't happen? And just kind of the disappointments, because, you know, talking about pregnancy and having a baby is really exciting. But then there's also the other side of it that's you know misconception um you you just might it just might not happen like it just might not happen right away um and because I just didn't trust my body or that piece of it I was like you know like just what if it doesn't happen right away he's like you know well then we'll cross the bridge when we get to it mm-hmm. um, so I went and I found a really lovely OB and she helped walk me through a lot of things um and I got my IUD and within two weeks I was pregnant <laughs> so we were both like when when we had had, yeah we had no we had no idea um that it would happen that quick and so when we when we had kind of when we were planning our family we're like okay we'll give it everything a year we'll we'll plan for pregnancy in a year realistically um and so then all of a sudden my birthday came and I was so sick like so unbelievably sick (laughs) and my mom's like well you're not pregnant are you and I was like no I'm just going through caffeine withdrawals for some reason my body I was like I'm gonna cut out all the caffeine I'm having nothing it's amazing how like intuitively you kind of just start your body's like oh well we're preparing for this journey so here we go totally um so I had no idea so all of a sudden I was like no I'm gonna cut this out and I don't want to do this and um I was feeling like a little agitated, but I was like, yeah, it's because I'm not having any coffee anymore. <laughs> so we ended up going to the hospital because it was like three days that I was really, really sick. And um, they were like, oh, yeah, like you're seven weeks along. Like, let's do an ultrasound. I was huh? like, what? <laughs> you didn't expect that, did you? I was like, no, not even Gosh. a little teeny. <laughs> I really thought I was like, I was like, I really thought my body was like super broken. Like, I I really didn't honestly. Something think that- was really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, the doctor's like, nope, the IUD just worked really good for your body. I was like, cool, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so so end up having like get, getting pregnant like fairly quickly so the conversations that we had had then just got amplified and more intense so it was just like okay well this is really happening like what are we going to do which is why I say like that moment we had come up to visit my parents and then um when we went back I was like yeah like maybe we could talk about maybe like moving to that area and like I said within a week it was like okay planned we have a house we're gonna get a mortgage and this and that and I was like oh wow okay <laughs> pregnancy now and then so then it was a journey of figuring out because we had midwife mid um, midwife care mm-hmm. and I really really liked them and felt really comfortable 
comfortable. And at the same time, I was also, I had just, I had just finished my, my training to be a doula. And so my head was like filled with all these birth things and what I wanted. And I was like making plans and I had expectations for my birth and that was great. But I also think I got a little too much in my head with planning because I was like, oh yeah, well we have the midwives and we're all set. Um, but then I kind of missed the piece of, of really kind of grounding when we were planning for our birth, we were planning for a home birth. But then the way that it worked is that we were moving into our home not very long after. So it was like, okay, well, the apartment needs to be packed up because we're going to have a newborn. So we can't be packing. Mm -hmm. So the apartment was packed up. And so then we're talking to the midwives and they're like, well, why don't you just do a hospital birth? And then, you know, it'll be fine. Like your house isn't, you know, it's not going to be comfortable for you to be there and be birthing. Like it's not going to be a cozy space, which is, you know, ideally what a home birth would be. Um, So that kind of changed. And then you know, with birth, that just kind of does its own thing. So that was the start of my expectations being changed. And I was like, okay, we'll roll with this. And um, it was, it was during COVID when I gave birth and it was during COVID where you had to have masks and there was nobody allowed in. So it was just my partner and I, um, which was great. He was a lovely support, but I will say that he got, I think, overwhelmed seeing me in the pain that I, I was in. Um, and he, he was just kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm here, but I'm like, I'm just here. And so then I started to kind of panic and, and we had, there was just so many things going on that I think I just wanted, I wanted my labor to start. I was excited to meet her. We also were moving. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to really want to go over because we have to be out like soon and just all these things. So I think I ended up rushing my labor a little bit. Um, We had like the first signs of contractions and I was like, okay, let's start walking the halls. Like, let's let's get these amped up. Yeah, let's get them moving. We're going, we're doing this. Um, And so we had had been walking and and kind of going through contractions, starting and stopping and starting and stopping. Because I would start and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to lay down and try to rest that when they get worse, I've rested for a little bit. But I would lay down and rest and they would stop. And I was like, no, 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 well, we can't do that. We <laughs> they need to go. Um, so I just ended up um kind of moving things along, I think, faster than my body was maybe ready. And it's amazing how hindsight's 2020. And I'm like, I probably could have just rested for those two days and we would have been fine. Um, but we ended up um so we went into the hospital, my contractions were strong enough, they admitted me, and about three or four hours in, they were getting stronger my midwife offered to break my water and um I was like no I'm I'm sad I'm gonna do this on my own like naturally and everything no interventions and she was like right and so she just kind of stepped back and and allowed me to keep going and my waters did break on their own which was great so I made it that far and then when your waters break the contractions get like just there's another level of of, of pain that happens um or intensity it's not really pain just intensity I guess and uh anyways and and by that time my body was really really tired so I started getting some shakes and and my body just wasn't coping as as well as I had wanted it to um so the midwife came in and and she just kind of tried to walk me through a few contractions and just kind of reminded me of some breathing techniques and and tried to do her best to honor my wishes of of no interventions and she's like I just want to say she's like I just you're having it you look like you're having a little bit of a hard time she's like I'm just wondering if you would like a um 
to talk about an epidural. And my partner, he was like, okay, yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I can't save her from this. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is something that'll help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for him, like, even to this day, he's like, I don't know how women do it. Like, I don't know how women go through birth yeah. and contractions. He's like, I just, I, he's like, I know I couldn't do it. He's like, so, you know, all the power to you because I couldn't. Um, and I was like, no, it's, it's like, and I told him after, I'm like, it's not that bad. I'm like, you forget about it. Like, mm-hmm. like we had, so she was born and, and someone said, a friend of ours said to us, they're like, oh, so you ready for number two? Like joking. I was like, oh yeah. And I'm always like, how could you say that? Um, like, were you there? Like, oh. Were you at that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, do you remember what you were feeling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we ended up opting for the epidural, which was very, very astray from our plans. And it took me a, a little while after to, to appreciate, I guess, appreciate that that was part of our journey. Um, but we got the epidural. I slept for like four hours. Um, when I woke up, um, I didn't want to sleep anymore. I was like, man, I just wanted to do this. <laughs> I don't want to sleep. Mm-hmm. So my midwife checked and, and we were ready to go. She's like, you can, you can have the baby whenever you want now. And um, so I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so I woke up <laughs> up and she was out within like 20 minutes. So the pushing, oh, wow. the pushing part was really easy. <laughs> so that part I was like, okay. Um, background and, and movement kind of helped with that. I was like, okay, yeah. I, if you tell me when to push, I, I can feel where I should be going in my body. So she came out and, and everything was really great after that. Um, I, I don't think I slept for the first two days just because I think I just stared at her. And I was also, there was a part of me that's like, you're not attached to me anymore. And this is a really scary feeling. <laughs> like It's when you, when she was inside, I could feel her kicking and I knew she was safe and I knew she was, you know, good in there. And then all of a sudden she's out in the world and it's just a whole other experience yeah. having her be there. Yeah. Um, more, more vulnerable, right. In a lot of ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and everyone talks like oh you know just just everything with a newborn all the things that they go through and it, it's it's it can be overwhelming and so um breastfeeding was something that I was really set on too I was like nope we're gonna do we're gonna do this um and in my head I knew that it would be challenging but I I underestimated how much reassurance I would need or like when people say like oh you know just hearing like you're doing a good job or like you know just try the other side I was like Mm -hmm. yeah but like I don't know how much is that really going to do and it was the thing like there were days where I think in like the first month or two that she would have she had a hard time latching on one side and I and I I would cry and like it sounds like kind of silly now but I'm like, she hates this side. Like she doesn't like me. And it was really hard. And my partner, God bless him. He was just like, it's okay, Tiana. Like she's, it, she's just learning just like you just put her on the other side and then go back after. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. And mm-hmm. just little reminders like that were what kept us going. And and we have breastfed for, she's almost to be three in April and we're still, we're oh, just. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, so, we, so we made it made it through uh, <laughs> there were many moments of just doubt and like there was one I remember being like nine months postpartum and, and I got sick and I did feel my it was the only time that I had ever worried about my milk supply like I could feel it dropping I'm like but I'm not done yet like I, I want to make it to at least a year and so the pump was out and I was like I have no idea what I'm doing this is a whole new thing because we didn't pump we just it was exclusively breastfeeding so and it was okay well we're gonna figure out 
this part and and um postpartum was postpartum was a journey postpartum was we moved and then so it was settling into um settling into a new place and my partner is from Cuba and so in his head he's like well we're going to move to your hometown so someone will be at our house every single day because in Cuba that's how it would be you would have one to five family members at your house at any given time of the day doing wow. things taking care of you like so his expectation was that mm-hmm. and we moved here and like I said it was it was in the middle of kind of the the, the tail ends of of COVID I guess and um it it wasn't that experience and he had a hard time because then he didn't realize why I was relying so much on him because he's like well there should just be people here all the time um where are the people (laughs) yeah where are they like what do you mean you need help (laughs) just just like you just sleep someone will do something they'll be here eventually and I was like well it that's not really what's happening um so it was I don't think I really, I, I was really prepared for birth. I was really prepared. Like my pregnancy went really well after the first trimester tapered off. Like the first trimester was, was really rough. There was a lot of nausea. Um, but the second and third were great. I, I got my energy back and and everything kind of just settled. So pregnancy was great. And then birth, like I said, it didn't go the way that I expected, but it, I was prepared and, and I did feel at the end of the day that it was my choice to, to, for it to go that way. And, and I think it saved us from any other complications had I just been like, no, I will do this. Um, so for us that worked and then postpartum, I knew that it was going to be challenging, but I didn't think that I expected the, how much you change and how much you grow and how much like people talk about, you know, you, you, you are refining yourself after motherhood mm-hmm. and that's true, but there was so much of, of me that before motherhood was just, I could on a drop of a dime head here and go there and do this. And and then even moving from the city to a small town, there was just so many things that I was like, but I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't know how to find myself again, because all the parts of me aren't necessarily here either, because this is a new place. Yes. So I think postpartum was, postpartum was, I think the toughest but it was it was it was good and and it opened up a lot more conversations I think that if 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 we had had plans more if we had some more time then yes we could have had better systems in place and maybe just even with our families here just saying like you know can you come over more and can you help out with this and I've also learned that I'm really not good at asking for help so that my partner's like well just ask and I'm like yeah but I don't want to be a bother he's like Mm -hmm. Tina like people wait for you to ask and I'm like yeah but like I don't know I just I was like I I don't know how to how to ask for this or like I felt like I should have been able to do it all or like take care of our entire house and this and that and so it was a lot of uh, a lot of growing pains I guess Mm -hmm. yeah the postpartum period there's so much happening right it's it's also just so much processing like you said, of becoming a new person yourself, of becoming a mother, but also like processing the huge event of birth itself, regardless of even what happens in your birth, like that is a huge experience to process. 
and know that your body went through and is healing from and is coming back into equilibrium and like finding its new ground and how to walk in it and how to be in it and you know all of the things um I'm curious with your birth you know in in your mind kind of not going the way that you had expected how that showed up for you in your postpartum if that was something that was really present for you then or or did it take some time maybe for that to come back into your awareness to move through I think the the first month we were just kind of in like a baby bliss and I was mm-hmm. like yeah this is so great and and we did so well and and for him like I said like he he was gung-ho he was like take whatever pain medications you can because you know I don't want you to be in pain mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, but also, and so just having the knowledge that I had, I was like, yeah, okay, but you know, that's a choice, but here's the other side of it. And he was like, oh, okay, well, yeah, we can, we can, you do whatever you feel. Um, and so I, I did know how I felt and I, and I really wanted to, to be able to do it without any kind of assistance. And so the first month we kind of just were bathing in and we did it. She's here. She's healthy. Like, this is wonderful. Um, and I think it was around like the two, three month mark that I was kind of sitting and I was just like, I would just sit and look at her. Like I, I, I was fortunate that I was able to kind of, um, marinate in, in those first few months with her. And it was around the two, three month mark. And I just would look at her and think like, well, well, what if, you know, it, it, what if I had just waited what if I had just been more patient? Like, would your entry here have been easier? Like just in times where maybe she was uncomfortable, I was like, well, maybe that was because your, your experience coming into the world was, was rushed. Or maybe it was because your experience was like, you know, just the epidural, maybe it affected how you, like your temperament, like directly after birth. And there was a lot of, I guess, guilt that I felt that I, I understand that it's very helpful. Um, but I also understand that it, it, it passes all the way to her and that, you know, there's, there's things that we don't know how hundred percent it will affect the fetus or how it is in utero. Um, but those yeah. things all the just epidural, were in my head. The epidural you mean? Yeah. 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 The medication itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so just thinking about her and, and just, her body and what it was exposed to. And, and just because I think in my head, like I just really held a value on having her come naturally without anything that she doesn't need or anything that would be hard on her little tiny system before she's even here. Right. She, she didn't get to, to say yes or no. And so for the, like around the two, three months is when it kind of settled in. Um, and I did get a kind of caught up and in, in feeling a little bit guilty that I was like, well, if we had just waited, if I, if we had just let the contractions like stop for a day or two, if they had needed to, um, would that have changed the outcome? And like, would the contractions have come more consistently and my body wouldn't have been as tired from kind of going through them and then stopping and then through them and then stopping for like two, three days. And would that have been made it so that I was able to go through the entire thing without needing it? I was like we made it through the pushing stage and that was was it went well so I was like you know the just the only thing was just getting from the water breaking to the pushing so <laughs> right <laughs> we did most of it like we, I'm like my body showed me like I could have done it mm-hmm. um 
And so it was a lot of patience, but, and, and so I, I, I took it, I took it hard for a little while. And just like my partner just watched me cry just cause I was like, I just, I just didn't want, like, that just wasn't what I wanted. And like, we don't always get what we want and that's okay. Um, like I said, like looking back now, like just, there's so many other complications and cast like cascade of things that can come after an intervention happens. And I'm just grateful that it's a big one, but it was the only one. Like there was no, there was no vacuum, no force of nothing. Like every, everything else just kind of happened. Um, so I'm grateful for that. And and I know that my body was having a hard time. Um, but I, and then that's thing I said, I'm like, I also wonder like, had we been settled? Like, had we not been in the process of moving? And that was in my head. And, and just all these things that I think about with birth about just kind of I kind of wish that I had honored myself more like to find that grounding space so that I wasn't thinking about all like, I mean, it's easy to say that, but life happens regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, But just so it it did. So like there was, I think there was probably like three months that I probably just cried and and my partner would come home and I'm like, I just like, what if she needs this? And then just lots of what ifs. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but it, it was looking back, it was all processing, right? Like it was, it was me processing what happened during the birth and lucky that like I didn't look back and feel like something happened to me or I didn't feel like my birth was out of my control um and so settling into those feelings was kind of where I found peace around it I was like no like I I I was there and and I did I was able to take a pause and decide like this is what's the next best step right now based off of what's going on so I kind of just had to find peace in those things and know that we did the best with what we had and she's here and she's safe. Um, it was also a, a good reminder. It kind of just followed through pregnancy. It was like the very first mother lesson was to not rush things. Mm. So this birth was like, you tried to rush me and now you're too tired to do this. <laughs> so then that just kind of after settling in and, and thinking about birth and, and reflecting, it was kind of like, okay, well, you know, you want to do the best for her now while she's here. So in motherhood, it's kind of the same lesson, like don't try to rush things and, and the best things will happen when you just kind of let them play out and when you let them take their own course. So Mm, that's a beautiful lesson to take from your birth and something I think (laughs) everybody is trying to learn, but you're right. Motherhood um, is the ultimate test for patience and trust and and allowing things to unfold right there's so much out of your control and it really does begin with birth like that's the ultimate mystery really of what's going to happen in the next moment is we don't really know we just have to be in it and it's super uncomfortable <laughs> right it's like it's and it's also not our fault for wanting to control it and make our way through it in the ways that we know how because I say this um, and I've said this a bunch of times you know we can have all of this information and understanding of the body and understanding of natural birth and really value that and see other women do that and at the end of the day the reality is there's so much that we don't know about our own bodies, of how we hold on to things that we've experienced in our life, of fears that we hold that are lingering, of um, 
ways that we have grasped onto ideas or what we're capable of or what we're worthy of that sometimes aren't even revealed until we're in it. And that is where the true freedom is being able to recognize that in your body and saying, this is my max, this is the capacity and this is what I need right now. And being able to choose that, like you said, and being able to choose that from a place of I'm, I'm responding to my body. I'm listening to what my body is telling me. And there is, there is no shame in that. And that is what true freedom is, is really, you know, being able to listen to your body and respond with, with the love and compassion and forgiveness for doing the best you can with where you're at in that moment. And I think that's a big piece missed in the birth world. Um, when we speak to birth and what it can be and what it should be is really having to acknowledge the nuance and the variation and the very specific uniqueness of a body, of a woman's body, you know, specifically when it comes to our wombs and our, and our reproductive organs and um, everything that is there and everything that is stored there that we've probably never touched or looked at until we give birth to a, a human, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I really want to acknowledge you and celebrate you for moving through your birth in a way that, that was what you needed in that moment. And also being able to have the courage to sit with it again and process it and really, take the lesson from it because that's all that it's there for, right? It's it's not there to make you feel bad. It's not there to make you feel like you can't. It's there to provide you with a lesson um, that you get to take into your life and find this new part of yourself and this strength in yourself and um, choose to make a different choice in the future if that is, if that is what feels good then. Um, and that sounds like exactly what you've done with your birth story and your birth experience, which is so incredible and amazing so I want to just celebrate you for that <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> thank you for, for it people talk about being witnessed in your birth story after and and how important it is and and so thank you for just holding that space and and for seeing me in it after so. mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't do doesn't do us any favors to just add add more um noise and judgment to ourselves you know it's like that is that is the opposite of what birth is meant to do for you um and there is so much beauty in in every woman's experience because like you said it's not like it was easy right you still had to move through it and it was really challenging and exhausting and um you know it's it's something to really honor and celebrate <laughs> Mm -hmm. yeah no matter no matter which way you go through it, it, it it's it's not it's not an easy an easy journey mm -hmm. and then I really I really really loved what you said about um about trusting and and to be honest I think trusting my body was hard like I said like I didn't I didn't trust my body and I didn't think that it was mm -hmm. going to happen and I think that that showed up in my birth a little bit um but I will say like the, the biggest like bend of trust has been trusting her to like mm. to be here to do and and be what she needs and and ask for what she needs like I can I was I tried so hard I'm like okay I'm not going to like 
I'm not going to time my breastfeeds and I'm not going to like sit here and go, do I have enough milk? Oh my gosh. I don't think she got enough. I was like, and for me, cause I was like with, cause I nannied. Right. So I had, I had bottles. I knew how much the kids were taking in. I knew exactly. They took in four ounces at this time and we had charts and, and things. Cause just to communicate between parents, I was like, yeah, I, 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 I did that. And when I decided to breastfeed, it was, it was a whole other level of trust that she'll tell me if she's hungry and she will tell me things and she's just a little thing, but she knows how to be alive. Like, right. and, I, and I have to trust that she knows how to be a, alive on this earth. And, and she mm-hmm. amazes me every day because she does. She is one of the most headstrong people I've ever met. And I love it mm-hmm. because she'll tell me, I want to do this and I want this. And I'm like, you do just know what you want and you know how to be. And I just... Mm-hmm have to trust that this is your process and sometimes when she's like I'm gonna jump off of this and I'm like oh you think you could, your body's ready for that yep but I'm like cool I'm glad you trust yourself that much oh my gosh Let yeah I think I think that's really that's actually really helpful for me to hear I'm not a mother yet but I also started my journey with nannying I nannied for like 10 years as well and yeah, I can imagine that being quite a a switch of when it's somebody else's child. Also, there's this level of like, you don't take risks, you know, in the same way as if it was your own child, right? Like you are much more risk averse and much more particular and trying to copy the same things that their parents do and, you know, things of that nature. Whereas if you're the parent, it's your job to let them take those risks there. That's the place where they can, right? It's, it's, they, <laughs> that's the place where they're supposed to be taking the most risk because you're the parent that's giving them that space to do that. And I can imagine that being like a very strange edge when you're so used to like creating bound, like a lot more boundary, you know, like with, an, with nannying or yeah, even in my postpartum work with babies too like when they're not your baby right you're like a little extra hold them a little extra tighter and like make I don't know but when you're the mother you it's true it's like there's a there's a bit of a a letting go that has to happen also just to be able to exist taking care of another human 24 7 like you have to let go or you'll go crazy right Yeah. Like, when she started to become like mobile and active my brain was like nanny mode here's mm-hmm. your activities for the day but the worst thing was is that I, we were doing this during the day but then there was also like because we were exclusively breastfeeding it was okay well my partner can help when he's home in the evenings but also I'm not 100% getting a break because I'm still going to be nursing or I'm still going to mm-hmm. be feeding or I'm still going to be wanted and needed and just when you have a kid they just want you or need you during the day and I'm like Oh, it's all the time. Like, there's no turn off. I'm not like, okay, five o'clock. See you later. I'll see you tomorrow. I love you. Have a great day. <laughs> like, go home and not think about it. It's like, no, all night. And then I'm up, and then I'm like, did she wake up yet? Is she breathing? Let me look. Like, and it's, but it's just your brain never stops. So I'm like, there were so many things that I was like, my brain. I was like, well, we have to let go of this, and we have mm. to change the way that we do this. And I'm like, wow. But yeah. then it's also because it's it's your baby. And, and when you look at your baby, you want them to be safe. But it, like you said, you're the safe place for them to test boundaries and to explore. And and you kind of are the ones that are that you offer if they're, you know, to give them the courage in their own bodies. Like when she's telling me like, yeah, like I feel good about jumping from this high. And I'm like, 
okay, that's great. I'll trust you. <laughs> she's like, and, but then she does it and she's fine. But now I also know that she's just built trust in herself. And I'm like, mm. so I was like, yes, but also I look at you and you're my baby and I probably want to protect you, you know, the most out of anyone too. Yeah. 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 I, I joke with, I joke with my partner a lot. Cause he's a lot more like relaxed, like even with our dog and stuff, like I'll just let her like walk on the sidewalk without a leash and just like, he, she's fine. Like I trust her. And I'm just like holding the leash, <laughs> like in my hand, super tight, like trying not to look at her. Cause I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so I just know that that will, <laughs> that will be like a, a challenge for me too. But I, I have learned through my friends that have small children that it really is like a relationship, right? It's like giving them the opportunity to, to show you that you can trust them too, like letting them jump off the thing and then they're fine. And you're like, okay, now I know that she can do that. And, you know, letting them do things and allowing them to fail, allowing them to fall and like how much that builds trust in them as well and their resilience and their capacity. And um, yeah, but it's definitely, yeah, a practice of control. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, okay, again today. Here, let's, let's see where it goes today. Yeah. Um. So why don't we go back a little bit to your postpartum because you kind of jumped around. Um. You said a little bit with your breastfeeding journey, it was a bit of a challenge for you. So can you share a little bit about how you made it through that or what supported you? Because I know a lot of women really, really struggle in that period. And a lot of women are really surprised. Um, like you mentioned, you were too, like in that period of, you know, this should be the easy part, you know, almost this is, this should be the part that just happens. And, um, and yeah, if you could just share a little bit about what maybe supported you in that time or, um, yeah, what you did to kind of move through that in a more easeful way. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. Like they, everyone tells you like, oh, you know, your body was just designed to, to breastfeed. Like that's the most natural, normal form of feeding. And, it, and, and I agree, but also it doesn't just happen. Like your baby's learning, you're learning and like, it can be uncomfortable. And if you, and if you don't know, like, like I said, like I had done my doula training, so I had learned about breastfeeding and engorgement and mastitis and what to look for. Um, but just also sometimes like when it's happening, you're so in the moment. And, and to be honest, like your, your brain is foggy. Like there's still a lot of hormonal changes that happen in the months after giving birth. Um, it's, it's a, it's a whirlwind. And so, um, I think I, like I said, like I, I made the decision. Um, we just didn't have, we didn't have any bottles or any formula in the house. Um, <laughs> I was determined. I was like, if, if we have to, then I know that we will, we will be able to make it to, to the point where we're deciding that this is what, what has to happen because, you know, the baby's not gaining weight or, or she's unconsolable or, mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. Um, or if I'm like checking and, and nothing's coming out, then, you know, I, I, I will understand that. I said but I just don't even want to have I just didn't want to have the option like to yeah. say I'm a little worried um I don't think I'm making enough milk so I'm gonna do something else that that would have maybe in turn hindered my milk supply mm -hmm. um and like I said too with with having from being a nanny I knew okay you got four ounces here eight ounces <laughs> here four ounces here and this is the schedule for 
you know, being there for the whole day. This is how much they should get to make sure that they're healthy. And with breastfeeding, I had no way to gouge how much I was making if there was if there was four or eight ounces or this or that because like I said I didn't even I didn't pump either so I wasn't like oh yeah I pumped a bottle I know that when I said I get this much mm-hmm. um and when I first started I was like timing them too I was like okay I'm gonna I had like a baby timer I had an app and I was like mm-hmm. okay I'm gonna sit I'm gonna time because at least if we're on here for like a half an hour but then she'd fall asleep and I'm like well you're not eating anything you're just dream feeding you're I was like, oh my gosh. So that didn't work. So I was like, okay, well, I guess we're just going to have to trust. And the thing about trust is that there was just a lot of tears. Um, I just started, I, I just started chatting with some other moms that I just, that were also exclusively breastfeeding and that helped because they were like, no, I feel the same way. And just having the kind of the reassurance that no, I feel that way too. And like, Sometimes I want to give up and sometimes it's really hard and I want to just give my partner a bottle and this is what I want. And, and every family will find their own, their own way of doing things. And this was just the way that, that my partner and I had agreed was, was what we both wanted and honored both of us. Um, so yeah, so I just, I, I just made sure that I, if I was on social media, I was looking at things that kind of reminded me why I was breastfeeding I had a journal that just had some like quotes about breastfeeding and just like for me why I was doing it and why it was important to me um that I could look at and and like like I said like I was I got lucky that my partner knew that that was what I wanted mm-hmm. and he knew that I didn't want to give up um and so whenever I would call him being like she hates my left side she won't latch I'm in pain she's crying he's like okay, well, just hand express and try again. Just put her over on the other side and then go to the other side. And um, I didn't actually know this beforehand, but like in Cuba, like breastfeeding is just whatever. Like they just don't even bat an eyelash. It's like, oh yeah, she's breastfeeding. This one's breastfeeding. Like it's, that's just what's normal. <laughs> so for him, oh, there we go. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so for him, it was so simple for him to be like it's okay just try again it's okay just switch and to be honest like I will attribute that to the reason why we made it as far as we did because there was days where I'm like this is so hard and like especially when she was cluster feeding um like when you're being asked to nurse like I just finished nursing you and 20 minutes later you're screaming like you're hungry um but then I was also reminding myself okay well if you're doing this it's for the good of of both of us like if you're doing this it's to increase my milk supply Mm -hmm. so that we don't have to nurse every 20 minutes because my milk will adjust accordingly. Um, which was a really big journey of just trusting my body and, and saying, okay, well, she's happy. I'm happy. I must be making enough milk. Um, mm-hmm. We had like <laughs> lactation cookies. And so like, I had like lactation cookies beside our bed. And when I, so in the beginning, I was like, ah, I don't think these are doing anything. So I was eating like three of them. And then all of a sudden I got uh, like engorgement and I was like, oh my gosh. They no work. More- <laughs> <laughs> um, but then I also realized like, it was also, it's amazing. Like there's just things in motherhood that come um and just the slowing like I said with birth like the Tiana just slow down and be patient and mm-hmm. I kind of took that and, and breastfeeding if I didn't eat enough or if I didn't drink enough my milk supply did drop and yeah, I could she would be nursing more frequently and I was like 
oh my gosh, what is going on today? Like this, we, we're not cluster, like this shouldn't be like a cluster feeding. I don't think you're going through a growth spurt. So like, what is going on? And then for me to reflect, I'm like, oh, I didn't eat today. Mm. Oh, I only had one cup of water. No wonder my milk is probably not where it needs to be. And so I would have some food and take care of myself again. And all of a sudden, then she was fine and she was happy. And I was like, oh, and that was kind of just the only way that I, I guess I measured how our breastfeeding was going was just, okay, you've got wet diapers, you're pooping and you're not crying. So yeah, I mean, there's enough there. And it was just like, (laughs) you'll, you'll cry and you'll feed when you want to feed. And, and there was also kind of a relinquishing of control of like, I liked having a schedule. I had nannied. I was like, okay, we'll feed at these times. And then it was just kind of like, oh, you want to feed now. Oh, you want to feed again. Oh, it's been, you know, six hours. Oh my gosh, what's wrong? She Mm -hmm. should have eaten after the three or four hour mark and just kind of being like, okay, well, you know, she must be okay. And we're two and a half years later and she one of the first we taught her like sign language so she was like quite young and she'd be like milky milky <laughs> like biggest thing we'd go places and be like oh what's she doing I'm like she's asking for milk <laughs> um, but it was, it was nice because we did that fairly early on like as soon as we as soon as I started to see that she could understand and she was making ties between things mm-hmm. anytime we'd breastfeed us like you want milk and like we would just mm-hmm. go through that and, and for her and I everything was just like okay she's telling me right now that she wants yeah. and so we su- like supported it that way but in the beginning it was mostly just like mm-hmm. I I can't undervalue having like even just two people to text and say like I want to give up like I, I I can't do this and just people that know like this is what you want to say like but you can mm-hmm. um it's yeah. not and like because it's also I don't know. I took, I took it really personally. Like she would cry or she wouldn't want to latch on one side. I'm like, it's my, like, it's my fault. She doesn't like me. Like maybe she doesn't like me. Like, mm-hmm. Maybe she's <laughs> mad at me. I don't know. And so I took it really personally. And then someone just to say like, it's not personal. She doesn't not like you. You're her no. mom. Of course she loves me. Of course. And I was like, oh yeah. Okay. But you're so and- sensitive though. Right. Again, cause of, yeah, all the hormones and the very nature of early postpartum is like, you are so sensitive and you're still in the birth portal and you're still, you know, trying to figure so many things out. And then your baby yells at you and then it just you know, puts you over the edge. <laughs> the person you're doing all this for, right? It's like, come on. And you're still mad at me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a really important thing that you spoke to of, yeah, the design of the body is, again, like, if you didn't learn it in your pregnancy, you'll learn it in your birth. If you didn't learn it in your birth, you'll learn it in your postpartum. And the body does not give you clear-cut information, right? We can't see into the womb. We can't know what's going on with our babies. We can't know what our birth will be the same way. We can't, we don't get to measure exactly how much comes out of our body, how much the babies are drinking, how much is in their tummies. Like, it's all there for us to be able to say, okay, I can't know that, but what do I know? Okay. I know my baby. I can look at my baby. I can pay attention to my baby. I can get to know them really well and trust myself because I'm their mother. And that, that sort of practice that you can, that you develop within your relationship with your baby, when that is your only 
default is so powerful and 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 it is the design it's supposed to be that way so that you continue to rely on that inner knowing as a mother um and again no judgment for whatever woman choose to do like i said there's so many variables and things that go into this but the 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 initiation of breastfeeding is ultimately designed to give you something that will last a lifetime versus the immediate, you know, of immediate certainty. Um, I remember I had this woman and she, she took her baby into uh, one of his first checkups when he was, I think he was like two and a half months or something like that. And they had told her that he was too small and not getting enough milk and all of these things. And she came back just sobbing and so upset and saying her body isn't working and you know why isn't this happening maybe we should go on formula like super defeated and I simply looked at her and I said if nobody had told you anything was wrong do you would you have thought that anything was wrong do you think your baby is unhealthy do you think your baby is not getting what they need and she looked at me without hesitation and said no I know my baby's fine I know that he's getting everything that he needs. He's happy. He's comfortable. And I said that, there you go. Like, trust that above everything else. Of course, if anything changes or you notice something's wrong, then, you know, get support always. But that should be your North Star, right? And um, to guide women back to their own North Star is going to set them up for a lifetime of mothering in a way that feels so nourishing to them, um, which it sounds like you're your breastfeeding journey really supported you in and allowed you to set that up for yourself by staying, staying with it, even when it was challenging and hard. And yeah, you're probably seeing so many different things of, you know, you don't need to do this. Just, it could be easier. Just give up, you know, and the voices, the voices that can take over. Um, but then coming back to your own truth system and what is actually your, your truth and your values and what's possible for you. Um, and remaining there is, yeah, a serious practice. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And I feel like every everyone has a different experience and has an opinion. And mm -hmm. if you can't anchor into to your truth, like I've had friends and family members when I was breastfeeding, they're like, "I well now now we get comments about you're still breastfeeding mm -hmm. she doesn't need that anymore I'm like but yeah. if you actually look in the research like they say for two years that's that is kind of what they say is the best so mm -hmm. like we're not that far off mm -hmm. um but moments like that or or when you're breastfeeding some people you know were worried about well are you aren't you worried about weight gain aren't you worried about this and and then some people were saying, oh, my goodness, like your breast milk must be real good because that's a real chunky baby. And mm -hmm. I remember like sometimes hearing those comments, there was moments where my brain was like, oh, man, like, is there something to be worried about? But I don't know, like going through the first few months and kind of just this is what I want to do. So it's just going to be I'm going to have to settle into it. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, like it translates for the rest of your journey. And there was moments where I was like, um does that resonate or is there something there for me or is that just part of your journey or part of your story yeah um, and so it, it 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 made it easier to kind of flush out some of the noise because uh, mm -hmm. like that's the thing like everyone found what was best for their family and mm -hmm. 
and I believe that you know your your child was 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 given to you for a specific purpose for what you can offer your child mm-hmm. and so no one else can tell you how to better parent or support your baby and mm-hmm. like I, I know that there's so many moms that that have then had way different breastfeeding journeys than me or they didn't breastfeed or or for for a variety of reasons and and it was nice knowing those reasons like just in nice conversations of this was my journey mm-hmm. um, and it was nice to hear those to know that even for me when I was maybe feeling overwhelmed you know there are other things that we can do so if this moment of overwhelm doesn't pass there's other options mm-hmm. um, but also I can I can just settle here and, and this is this is our place and just kind of knowing that so yeah. I also, I really am inspired by you not like setting yourself up with bottles and pumps and like having all of those things, like just in case knowing that, knowing that breastfeeding is really important to you, because I think even that is, we live in the Western world, right? Where we can literally order anything have anything brought to our doorstep within like 24 hours if we absolutely need it. Like we don't live in the middle of the bush somewhere. If you do, this is probably a different thing. But um, for the most part, most of us, if we need access to something, we can get it when and if that happens and when and if that comes. And I see so many women um, and just people in general, again, like over over consume in preparation for every possible outcome and the confusion that that can sometimes bring up too in women right like imagine you're home alone and you're feeling defeated and you're feeling upset and you're crying and there's a there's a pump sitting right beside you um, or a thing of formula that you can just crack open and give to your baby like the reality is it's going to be a lot harder to resist that if it's sitting right in front of you um again if that's what you want and that's not a big deal to you sure but if it's something that you know is important um yeah that's a really beautiful invitation to you don't have to have them all there because people told you that you have to because what if yeah just in case your baby Uh might not be okay Mm -hmm. yeah like that is the that is like again can you trust yourself now and practice trusting yourself now, knowing that you'll respond to anything that comes, right? And we don't know what will come. Um, but just even that practice in itself of like the relief of that and the like softening into that of like, I'm not even, I don't have to prepare for for pumping and having formula and all these things because I trust that my body's going to work and I trust that that will be my experience. And if it's not for some reason, I will figure it out, you know? Um, and what a beautiful invitation that that is um, to women who are maybe feeling very overwhelmed by how much they need to like prepare for every possible scenario. Um, when, yeah, we live in a really complicated time, but it's a beautiful time in the sense that uh, we can make changes quickly if we needed to. <laughs> mm-hmm. I also have a question about breastfeeding with with um, your daughter later in later stages and yeah, what that has looked like for you both and what that feels like. Because again, that's not something that women talk about very much at all. Like just even, um, you know, when you're out in public, like what does that look like? Like she's running around, she can speak now and she can talk to other people. And like, what does that look like? And what does that feel like for your family? 
<laughs> I think some of my some of my family members are um they have I guess older values and so for them that she can just ask for milk they're like if she can ask she's way too old and mm-hmm. I just kind of like cool that's what you think but mm-hmm. sure that was that was your experience that's just not mine mm-hmm. um and it's been pretty neat because some of them are like they said they would say those things they started saying that about like one and a half because for them they're like you, you, the first year fine but then at one and a half like Tiana like why are you still doing this mm-hmm. and I'm like it's not just for me like well she's not even doing it because she needs milk she's doing it for comfort I said well that's fine like and she will learn now that she's getting older she will also start to learn other ways to comfort herself and that won't be her primary need but for right now that maybe it is and I'm not just going to be like oh well you're this old so no more for you um so basically we did um on demand like so as much or as little as she wanted up until probably probably around the year and a half almost two year mark um and just I don't know I just let her if she needed it or if she felt like she needed it she was at a point like I said we like very early on we taught her the sign mm-hmm. so she had been asking for it for a long time um and so yeah I just I just continued on and and we would go out places and we just I just would I, I had nursing clothes so I just had a few shirts that I knew if we were going out um, there was like sweaters that you can get that are cool, like that zip down the side. So you can just nice. very discreetly <laughs> like you know, pull pull your shirt over and just looks like she's like snuggled up. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were going out or if I knew we were going out places, that was just kind of my go-to yeah, that I just wore clothes successful. Yeah. Um, and then um, now that she's, then when she got a little bit older, we just kind of, we just dropped it down to nap times. It kind of just happened on its own. Like she would just I want to have milky before my nap or I want to have milky before I go to sleep. And so that was just our schedule. And and now, um, like I said, we, she is coming to a place where she doesn't really need it or ask for it during the day. Um, it's just a nighttime thing. So we're just kind of working through just what nighttime looks like for her to, to not have that. And, um, it's easier. I will say when I'm not here, like I've gone out just, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go out to do this. And then her dad will just mm. put her to bed and she magically goes to sleep without it. She's completely, <laughs> but then when I'm home, Mama, I need <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> so yesterday you didn't eat it, but today you do. Right. Um, <laughs> So it's it's neat though like her little two and a half year old mind like well do you think that we could put you know some milk in a cup and do you think that that would be okay for you and some nights she'll be like yeah that's fine and some nights she's like um no like, how dare you no. okay like what kind of an offer is um but it, it, it's really neat though to see because she's old enough and because she's had the experience watching her articulate it. So she'll go into her room and get her baby dolls and put them up to her, her chest. And she's like, mommy, I'm giving them milk. I'm like, That's so nice so of you. <laughs> but she's like nurturing them and taking care of them. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's neat to see how she's articulating her breastfeeding journey um, because she's old enough to, to do it and, and just, sometimes like I'll ask like well and if we're out sometimes she'll say well I need milky right now I'm like well why do you feel like you need milky right now 
well, because this, this, and this, and then it just gives us, it gives her and I an opportunity. Okay. Well, why don't we do this to take care of this? And do you think that we could, you know, hang on to a stuffy or do you think that we could, you know, have a drink of water or whatever it is that she might need to, to soothe in those ways. And she gets to then decide. So she's also taking, you know, she's deciding what will be best for her um, and learning that there are other ways and just watching her kind of go through that has been really neat because it's just been long enough that she is taking care and it, it she's taking care of herself. Like, yes, this is sometimes what I want. And sometimes you're right. I can also do it this way. Yeah. Um, and just kind of help lean on those things. Oh, that is so beautiful. I can imagine that feeling very like, mm, like complete in some way, like in terms of being able to fully see through like the the true impact and how supportive that a breast breastfeeding journey is for a little one, like being able to get to the point where they are like talking to you and, ex- and explaining to you like why they want that and how it makes them feel safe and like to receive that back from them uh, must feel like so valuable because I think a lot of women, it can be easy because you don't get a whole lot of feedback from an infant with your breastfeeding, like they can be happy and relaxed, but they can also be that way with formula too. Right. So it's like to have them be like, like mom, like I really want you and I want this moment with you and I want this time with you and it makes me feel safe. And Oh, what a, what a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 and like I said, like, I, I think for me, just even coming from the background that I did, like, I had read about extended breastfeeding and I had read about, you know, breastfeeding for longer, but still I I had grown up in a place where it was normal to do it for the first year, but then it was more normal to kind of stop. Mm. Um, And and just when that time came, I'm like, yeah, but I'm not ready either though. Like, Mm. I I don't know how Mm. I'm going to expect her to be ready when I'm not even ready. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and that's so a good just, question to ask Ask yourself too, right? Like women don't even give themselves the permission to say, okay, years up, how do, how do I even feel? Like this is also my journey. This is also my experience. What is my body asking for? And that's, yeah, something that I think women don't even give themselves permission to ask. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, like it, there, there were times where I was like, man, I'm just so ready to have my body back. Mm-hmm. And there were times where I was like, man, I think, I think I'm done. And then that would pass. And I'm like, okay, she's not ready. And I, maybe I'm not either. And, and like I said, now we've come to this place where I'm like, I am feeling complete in this, in this journey. I think we've, we've done well and and we both communicate with each other and, and there's been a lot of beauty in it, but now she is getting big enough that we're having other beautiful moments and there's other ways that we connect. Um, and she's been able to learn and experience that. So I'm like, no, I think like that was kind of for us where I was like, yeah, I think we can start to close. But it, it, I didn't feel like I had to. I didn't. Like I said, it was around a year and a half where people were like, oh, so like she can talk. She's done. Right. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was just like people then they just stopped. They were just like, OK, I'm still going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then for you. us, it was just like, okay, yeah, we're still here. We're still doing it. <laughs> Yeah, but so beautiful beautiful to share that with people and to um, be open about that because, again, it just informs so many women. Like, it wasn't that long ago that I would have never even thought that women were doing that, you know, 
or like still thought it was taboo or only people that lived, you know, in strange places or like away from society. Like you just have this weird idea about it until you hear how women are doing it and, um, you know, what their experience is. So that's a very valuable thing to share and continue to share. Um, so thank you for sharing that part of your journey. Um, I wanted to ask a final question around how your motherhood and how this period of your life has shaped your mission in the world and what you want to offer to the people in your community, to the, your family, to other women around you. And um, yeah, share a little bit about what that looks like in your life. I think I, I loved, I loved taking care of families and supporting families. I've like, I've always loved that. Um, but I think after becoming a mother, taking care of, of mothers in particular became just a focal point for me. And, and like I said, like the, the town that we live in is very small. And to be honest, even having a doula is kind of taboo here. Like it's, yeah, that's what people in the city get. It's extra. My grandma didn't have a doula. They just went in and whatever happened to them happened to them and birth just kind of it's kind of like birth just happens to you um so when we moved back there was a, a very big part of me that in terms of, of what I was doing with my life I was like okay well motherhood is a huge part of my life but I was also a doula prior so I was like okay well what does that look like here because there's a very different mentality around birth work um and it's 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 been different because it's different conversations about, about, you know, bringing back in support because a lot of people just, well, you know, it just happens to me and, and you go in and whatever happens with the OB or the midwives, it just, birth is just going to happen to you. And so it's been really neat having conversations about what choices look like and, mm-hmm. and what you get to choose in your motherhood and and what's available to you that's not maybe necessarily just like forthright just said like you have all these options like you have all these things that you can choose for your birth however you want to parent or however you want a mother or however you want to support your baby there's all these different ways to do it um and so I think motherhood just I just I just wanted to support mothers and make sure that they know that their voices matter. And then also just, like I said, like the transition postpartum was kind of challenging because I was in a new place and all the things that I thought I knew about myself, well, I just didn't have those, those lean tos anymore. And so kind of reminding mothers that you mentioned that you're in a really vulnerable space, but it's, you're not going to be there forever. Like things, motherhood is heavy in it and it, and it can be a lot, but it's a season and, and a cycle and you can take a lot of lessons from it and it will help you like the, the the further you go in motherhood all those lessons from the early on will just carry you in in your toddlerhood like if you can learn to trust and understand your baby you'll be able to trust and understand your toddler and then your child and and so forth but that also comes from you have to learn to trust yourself you have to learn to trust the mother that you are you have to learn to trust the decisions that you make and and that you know what's best. And it's been really, really nice 
coming, I guess, to a place where that is a little bit different because there's a lot of conversations that are just expansive and you can just, it's nice to see there's, there's places around here that, and women that I've had the privilege of working with that, um, there is, a, there is a shift happening in how women are taking care of themselves and each other. Um, and just being a part of a community here that is women that, that want to come together and that want to kind of say, you know, like motherhood is, is ours and, and we get to kind of decide, like, it doesn't just happen to you, it happens for you and, and you get to kind of build your own path. And so I think motherhood just kind of really solidified and brought in just this, this mission to just empower people that parenthood is yours like there's not a, a way a specific or singular way to do it and you know you could hear a, a million other stories from a million other women but your story will be yours like maybe you'll pull pieces and say oh this resonates or that resonates but your story will be yours and you know something that you know I might choose to breastfeed this long and, and that might not work for somebody else but hearing it might in, encourage someone like it, it just you don't know how it's going to be and and for me, just knowing that I had options was what gave me the power to choose what I wanted my motherhood to look like. So, mm. so beautiful. I'm just letting that all land <laughs> into my body because <laughs> such beautiful words. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing even how easy it is to forget that you know, in any phase of your life, right? Of We have so much more freedom than we feel that we do in most moments <laughs> yeah. and in most experiences. And you're right. It really is finding, finding your own voice in that and also surrounding yourself with people that can reflect that for you and be that reminder for you. And uh, that is the shift that's happening in birth right now is having women who, if they're experiencing so much of that doubt or that fear, is being able to have more women that can reflect them back the faith and the trust and and the choices, right? And how much of a relief, like even as you were speaking that, I just felt like my own shoulders like just like have this weight take off and relax a bit more because it's easy to easy to trick ourselves right into thinking um that all these things are burdens and weights when in reality we get to choose how they serve us and how they add to our life um which yeah what a beautiful way of being of service and it's so needed um and to be informed by your own lived experience just makes it that much deeper yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> definitely made me have a lot of compassion for the different paths because it, it's really easy like when you talk about you know kind of the boundaries like that we have a lot more freedom than we think and the boundaries that we place are usually on our own like sometimes with, even with my toddler I'm like I should be you know punishing you for this or I should mm -hmm. you know be stern about this boundary and I'm like okay but sometimes I'm like I look at her I'm like yeah but why like yeah she'll look at me she's like well why I'm like well I don't really know like this is just wrong I don't know it's just <laughs> and so it's the same with motherhood like sometimes you're like well I should be doing it this way okay but why why mm -hmm. are you doing it that way and mm -hmm. and it's nice to have people that you know aren't going to judge you because you want to do something differently I want to do this differently than how the norm is or how it, you're said oh you know this is how you take care of a baby or this is how you 
be this person in motherhood. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really, really neat to see the shifts happening and just falling into those things and and kind of diving head first and and yeah, going through it just I was like, yeah, there's no right way. Like, how do you feel? Like when I, when I stepped back into work, I was like, man, I, I'm not going to ever tell you that this is the right way. Like there are things that maybe are going to be easier that maybe this will work for you, but I will just give you all the options. Cause I don't know. I don't know. Like I can get to know you and then say, you know, I think that this might fit your family the easiest, but mm-hmm. you ultimately are going to be the one to decide what's, what's best in every aspect for you, for your child. And it's going to change. You might think that this is best. And then six months down the road, you're like, nope. <laughs> And yeah. that's choice. So the next day you might think it's not anymore. Right? <laughs> it's like allow yourself, give yourself permission to change and adapt and um and say no and say yes and yeah, give practice giving yourself that freedom. <laughs> and trying out different things. Like mm-hmm. sometimes sometimes like especially with postpartum, like the early stages, like within a half an hour, things can be entirely different. Mm-hmm. So say so like I tried this this is what I thought okay but I also maybe heard about this maybe I'll just give it a go and (laughs) and see oh maybe this works or maybe it doesn't and (laughs) yeah uh beautiful journey yes is is there anything else that you want to share about your journey or anything else you want to add to your story before we before we say goodbye I don't think so but I'm really really grateful to have been here and thank you for your reflections and questions and it was a really beautiful conversation oh thank you so much for being here I learn so much I do this selfishly for myself because I learn so much from women and and their stories it is one of the greatest gifts of my life is being around so many women and being so close to their experiences and feeling their hearts as they share their stories it's it's truly um, yeah, something I don't take for granted and it, it impacts everything that I do in my life. So thank you so much. So, so much. (laughs) Um, can you share, I will also add it in, um, in the notes below, but can you share where people can find you if they're looking for you or in your area and maybe want to receive any care from you? Yeah. Um, so my, my Instagram handle is at Meraki birth co. Um, Meraki is doing things from your heart and soul. So that's, uh, that's where my, that's where the name came from. That's where you can find me. And then um, all the details of what I do are kind of on there. So yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, I can't wait to talk to you and connect with you more as our lives continue. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. Likewise. Thank you again, Michelle. Bye. Have a beautiful day. Bye. <laughs>